Welcome back to the Hearts Unleashed podcast. We're turning dreamers into doers. If you're ready to open your heart and take inspired action on your dreams, you are in the perfect place with wonderful people. Here's your host, dreamer, educator, and adventurer, Abigail Gazda. Hello, and welcome to the Hearts Unleashed podcast. I am so excited to be here for the anxiety series. And (laughs) I get to start by telling you that my anxiety is sort of hijacking the experience. I do say that playfully, and it feels worth acknowledging um, my passion and my desire to do this topic justice and to there's a do it rightness or don't mess it up uh, anxiety that's coming around that if I let my anxiety control me, it could easily prevent me from doing things like this. And I, I say this and I share this because I know, I know that anxiety stops millions of people from doing millions of amazing things that could, that help them live out their truth or be, be an impact and a contribution in the world. And so I'm here to just say, I have anxiety about the anxiety Uh, series. I have anxiety about doing or saying the wrong thing and and anxiety. So we are here. This episode is the causes of anxiety. And I will not cover every single cause of anxiety because anxiety is so unique in so many ways. And for every single person's experience of it, they have a different sense of cause, a different sense of symptoms, a different sense of management. And so I'm doing my damnedest, my damn best to serve this topic justice and to give really broad strokes about the idea and the concept, because I know some of you are listening because you experience anxiety. And some of you are listening because you love people who experience anxiety and maybe you don't relate and you'd like to understand more or maybe you you have it, experience it and don't know how to share it or express it to the people who don't uh, relate. And so we're going to talk about causes of anxiety and I'm going to try to be really honed in on causes because coming up we have like coping with anxiety, anxiety management, like there's more episodes, but we're going to talk about some causes because this may open up some awareness, cause some awareness, um, expand your understanding of it, open something up for you that you haven't explored before. Maybe you realize a cause that didn't you didn't realize the effect. All sorts of it. I'm going to try to be as um, all-encompassing as possible here. But I do want to start by just saying people go through their entire lives undiagnosed or misdiagnosed. And it doesn't require a diagnosis to know that you have anxiety and that so many of the questions I received from people came from how to manage anxiety without a prescription or in a holistic way. And so I will talk more about that in the coping episode. But what I want to say is it does not matter if you have been formally diagnosed or if you've been diagnosed maybe as it as depression. Um, 
ADHD, bipolar, like there's all sorts of associated diagnoses that wraps anxiety up into something else. And so I just want to be as fluid in these conversations as possible as it can manifest as something else. And that um, part of what I'm going to talk about today is like pulling it apart as much as possible. I want to position or pose a, a concept or an idea to help process where anxiety comes from. Because when we know more about where it comes from, it gives us much more to work with when managing it. So I I like to say you cannot shift what you cannot see. And you you cannot let go of something that you've never held on to. So in a way we we reject things or we don't acknowledge things, therefore they they rule us because we haven't grabbed our power back from them. So somebody who refuses to acknowledge that they have anxiety or refuses to like, just tries to like power through it or like you can't positive mantra your way out of anxiety. I, I'm sorry to say that if, if that's what you're hoping, but that to look at it with more intention, with more sense of sovereignty, meaning self-governing, that anxiety doesn't run your life. It's simply a component of it. This is all meant to give your power back. So this concept, this idea, anxiety is the physical manifestation of a fear. Anxiety is the physical manifestation of a fear. So physically, anxiety often feels like you know, weight on the chest, a constriction in the chest or the throat, um, maybe gut pain, cramping issues, uh, like buzzing, butterflies, energy moving through the body, like a, like a trembling even. You may have heard the phrase that instead of saying anxiety, say excited, right? Like that anxiety is excitement like misunderstood. You can be excited, you can be eager, but oftentimes that is actually more like paranoia, anticipation, fear. So so a major, major, when I'm working with somebody, I'm going to dig into what they're afraid of. If they say they struggle with anxiety, I want to know what they're afraid of because what they're afraid of is basically controlling their lives and it's causing these physical symptoms. So we may have a panic attack or hyperventilation. Some of us think we're asthmatic. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of physical manifestations that we go and get treated for medically, clinically. So we may end up with a prescription for asthma or for, um, we think we have a heart problem. There's brain, head, right? We think we have like tumors or just there's so many physical ailments we experience caused by anxiety. And then we treat the symptom, not the cause. And so often the cause is fear-induced. I'm going to talk about other experiences and causes, but I really want to hone in on fear right now. So if you are really committed to getting a hold of your anxiety, I would invite you to look at what fears are terrifying for you, petrifying. Um, They literally take your breath away. That is a major place to look and writing down your fears and getting present to them. And I'm I'm going to get a little deeper and, and more further into our past, but that is a great place to look is what are you so afraid of? Like debilitating, 
crippling fear and look at how it manifests in your life. So where do fears come from? That's, we're going to go further back. Fears often are a byproduct of a wound we've experienced. Now, I want to start (laughs) by saying trauma is not a competition. We need to lay this out. You may have listened to my first episode of Living with Anxiety. In fact, I'm going to side note is the only four-star review on my book, Giving Up, Giving Up, The Memoir of a Quitter on um, Amazon. If you go on there, you'll see all these five-star reviews, you know, people impacted by the book. And the four-star review is that it was a good book, but that who am I as this white woman, privileged white woman, who am I to talk about trauma or pain or suffering or whatever? And I can understand that as a, as a sentiment and my trauma is not worse than your trauma. Trauma is not a competition. We're not here to see whose trauma is more hurtful, harmful, worse, um, grotesque, right? So we don't get to dictate what traumatized other people. So because you grew up in, let's say, poverty or abuse, like overt, like physical, sexual abuse, right? Like really traumatizing or that your physical needs were met. You were starving. You were homeless. Like that is incredibly traumatizing. Yes. And neglect might look like a home where a child's needs are met, their physical needs. They have a roof over there. They have clothes. They have food. They're going to school on a consistent basis. And they had no love in the home. They weren't acknowledged. They were Um, neglect is very, again, deprivation or active mental and emotional abuse or manipulation or, and it's covert, right? It's being denied or invalidated. So we do not get to dictate because sometimes the, the trauma actually wasn't directed at us. Maybe we had a sibling, um, who was treated better than us, or we were, our, our identities were conditioned like you're an idiot or you're, you're a big girl or you're not smart enough to go to this place or you didn't make the team for something. So like we, we just don't get to decide for other people what triggered us, what, where our brains developed and when they developed. And so a major cause of anxiety is that our anxiety is invalidated or like our fears are invalidated. And so they, the fears become stronger because some, no one's, no one, even including us has acknowledged them as valid and, and quote unquote true. It doesn't mean that your fear is true by measurement. It means that it's true for you. And we need to be able to honor that. And we need to be able to honor each other, what each other experienced as trauma, because what was traumatizing for you, I may have lived through and not been impacted by. But that doesn't mean you weren't, it had a life-altering experience going through something that's similar. Or what we might say, oh, well, that was a good situation. What are you upset about? Get over it. Like, I'm going to go into you know, how to live with someone with anxiety and not invalidating, but that's not here now. So we're going to keep going on causes. So number one, trauma is not a competition. And I am doing, I am doing my damn best not to like overlap these topics either. So 
a traumatic experience. Let's start there. Traumatic experiences cause anxiety. It alters your relationship with people, with the world, with yourself, with your mortality, with your humanity. And that I want to give a quick equation, but not spend the whole episode on it. You, uh, as a, as a youngster specifically, you observe something that would probably be considered traumatizing. You draw a conclusion about what you've observed, and then you build an identity or survival mechanism to compensate for what you've observed and concluded. So if I see, and this isn't my personal example, but I'm just offering because it's easy enough. If I see my dad hitting my mom as a youngster, I've concluded a lot of things, right? Something's wrong here. People are hitting each other. There's yelling. It's scary. And so I am, I might have seen, I'm seeing one, my dad and what he's doing and and going through my mom and what she's doing and going through. And then there's me and maybe my siblings. And so there's a whole mess of components, right? And I've concluded dad's hit moms or this is wrong or why is she letting this happen or what's going to happen to me? I'm not safe. People are terrible. Like there's all sorts of conclusions. So then I become this perfect angel or this quiet mouse, like don't piss off dad, right? Be a good girl, um, behave well, achieve, make him happy, make sure he's not mad. So there's, and so I become anxiety ridden, like, could this happen to me? Are all men this way? Threat lives in my home, right? So I'm now very fearful, my fears now manifest a, a stressful feeling in me of, of looming threat. And this could, let's, let's just shift it to, and there's the idea of like big T trauma and little T trauma, big T being something that on a humanity level, like death, traumatic experience, life or death experience, or um, being harmed physically. Like, so there's like this gross, measurable situation. And then little T trauma is the subtler things of like, she looked at me weird, or they laughed when I said that, or again, I didn't get picked for the team. So like, it's these like micro moments where no one else may have observed it, but it occurred to you. And so it has transformed you, right? So someone making a comment about your body or not even about your body, but how, what the ideal beauty is or um, people talking about money around you and you forming a, a, a concept about money. So you observe, you conclude, you compensate. So you then create these identities to navigate the world and these identities are not authentic, okay? So you're now navigating the world as an inauthentic person version of something to just survive. And the less authentic you become, like the more adapting you do, the further you get away from yourself. And oh, can you just feel it? Can you feel the anxiety? Okay. So I want to transition from traumatizing experience, I think that's pretty clear, to identity crisis. I shared a lot about identity crisis in my own trauma story or my own anxiety story of the most anxious times I experienced was while going through an identity crisis and then thereafter. So, you know, thinking I'm an athlete, only ever identifying as an athlete, and then all of a sudden my entire world being flipped upside down, 
causing panic attacks. Like, who am I? What do I do now? How do I navigate this world without all the tools that I've, I've learned? Right. And when I went through divorce, same thing is like, if I'm not wife or girlfriend, who am I? Like, who is Abigail? There's a lot of self-discovery, but anxiety would have us stay in predictable misery and just navigate anxiety or depression as opposed to the anxiety of the unknown future. And so identity crises, major life transitions can really rev up anxiety. I'm going to wrap in depression here because we're navigating darkness at that point. And we often feel alone. We may have tremendous support systems and that's wonderful. But at some point, the journey is ours. Like we have our own internal our own in, internal environment to navigate, to cultivate, to nurture, to integrate. And so this becomes our job to find out more about like, who am I really? And that can be anxiety inducing because a lot of us fear the idea of quote unquote, starting over or starting from square one or all this work that I've done on myself was for nothing. Like that's not true. And it can feel very real, but that you're always progressing. Life is always unfolding. It's, it might peel some things away from you in your life that you've become attached to, but that you can survive all of this. You could lose everything and everyone, and you are so resilient. You will start over. I feel like saying something really important about suicidal thoughts and navigating the depths of darkness, of anxiety or depression, and there is no feeling that can kill you. It is your impulse or reaction to a feeling that can kill you. So if you make a drastic decision based on a feeling, that's your action that can kill you. Because I encourage people to feel their feelings. And I am overlapping you. I may say this in another episode, and it's worth hearing many, many times, that feeling fear is okay. You can I tell people to lean into a panic attack so that they can process what's taking them over and gain insight from it. And so I just want to give you a moment of encouraging because the identity crises that happen in life, you don't always predict. You, you're not usually causing them. Life causes them. And so lean into it because anxiety would have you run from it, but it will, it will just rev the anxiety up and keep you feeling trapped. And so um, that some causes uh, fears, traumatizing experience, identity crisis for my note takers, just in case. Now we're going to move on to feeling out of control. This lives right inside of identity crisis, right? Like, but let's put identity crisis aside and just talk about the feeling of being out of control, not having control over your life, over the direction of it, over the quality of it, all of those things, right? And giving yourself the permission to feel out of control. Control is a complete illusion. So feeling out of control, we grasp for the idea of control, but I just want to position this idea. One, we have no control over the things that happen in life. And we try to create this like bubble, this safe life, but we can't predict everything. And we're always walking into the unknown. And so I encourage you, I'll talk about this in coping, but to shift your relationship with the unknown, 
because feeling out of control is so anxiety inducing. It feels claustrophobic. It can be cause anger, sadness, fear, concern, resentment, and all of these feelings just bunch up into the feeling of anxiety. And you may feel out of control at work, in your family, in your relationship, in your relationship with yourself. And this is where the work is required. And we'll talk more about that. So I'm not going to overlap it too much, but I want to bring into present where in, do, where in your life do you feel out of control? And in what ways does that contribute to your anxiety? That's a great place to just like explore and look. And perhaps it might look like making a job transition or a relationship transition, but I want to say running is also not a solution. Where you go, there you are. And so if you don't address it at the root, you will simply shift your environment time and time again and manifest similar outcomes. In fact, I'm going to shift into another cause of anxiety is fear of an outcome. I'm going to use a specific example. If we've had heartache before and then we attempt to get into a new relationship, overwhelming fear of experiencing heartbreak again can cause us to sabotage a relationship just so we can hurry up with it, hurry on with it, get on with it. You're going to break my heart, break it already, right? Or let me just get out of this so I don't have to experience it. In fact, there's a term called relationship anorexia where we simply don't eat, we don't date, we don't whatever, so that we feel like we have a sense of control because we so greatly fear the outcome. And so we are working ourselves up about a perceived outcome where we're working ourselves up about a worry that we become so worried about it that we either starve ourselves or we forcefully cause the outcome so we can just bash right into the experience, bash into the wall so that we can start healing or get over it or whatever. And so like the fear of an outcome is so toxic for ourselves. It's like drinking poison. We're torturing ourselves with our ruminating thoughts and fears. And so um, I, I just relate. I understand. And maybe I'm not saying it perfectly or the way that you connect with it. And But I hope that this is creating some self-awareness and some insight. And I don't mean to leave you hanging in this episode about what to do about these things, but I promise just keep coming back to these episodes. And and if you need more one-on-one -on -one work, reach out. You are not alone. I will serve you in every way that I can. Or go to the next coach, go to the next program, get support. You are, you are not alone. And there is an end to this. There is a, there's another side and possibility to this. The next cause of anxiety, pretending pretending to be someone or something that you're not putting. There's a term called masking, which is really just like mirroring the people around you so that you feel relatable or, you know, going to work and pretending you like it there or being in a relationship. You're pretending to like someone you're pretending to like pretending you got it all together. All the pretending, all the examples, right? And I'll touch on social anxiety. I have a whole episode about it, but that so much of that becomes from pretending and the fear of being found out. So it, I could trace all of these back to fears, but I'm just trying to give a diverse 
angle and perspective on causes of anxiety. So whatever you're pretending about, I can position these all as prompts. Like, what are you pretending about and how is it causing you anxiety? Next one is diet. Diet is a big one, if you, especially if you're committed to um, holistically addressing your anxiety. Too much caffeine, too much sugar, being malnourished, meaning like, are you eating fruits and veggies? Like, and, and sleep, right? Insomnia. Um, are you, are you, is, how's your health? How's your well-being? I addressed diet, but let's wrap well-being into this. Are you getting the appropriate amount of sleep? Are you hydrating? Because if you are deprived, if there is deprecation, you're inducing your own anxiety because your needs are not met. Your physiological needs are not met. And if your physiological needs are not met, then your body is saying, screaming, I'm not safe. This environment is not safe. I've got to get out of here. So you're literally trying to escape yourself because you're not showing up for yourself. So we can't address the mental and emotional needs fully when you are not regulated and you are not, your physiological needs are met because we can't address psychological needs. If you feel hungry, tired, like there's just too much frantic energy and that your body is in self-care mode, it's screaming for that self-care. And so a cause of anxiety is that physiological deprivation and then the psychological deprivation of not getting your needs met, being connected, being nurtured, being loved, being cared for, being held, being worked with in the area of what you've, your traumas, your fears, your concerns. And so, oh, let's breathe. My jaw is tight. My throat is tight. My chest is tight. We're addressing all the things that can be very activating for us. So take a deep breath in and a deep breath out. There is an episode, and at the end of every episode um, on heartsunleashed.com, we are publishing related episodes and related series that will give you related topics that you can talk about or listen to. And one of them is an anxiety meditation, which if you're in the middle of a panic attack, it is meant to, to help you come down from high levels of anxiety. So I would love to encourage that episode. I don't know what number it is, and I'm sorry I don't at the moment. Um, one last thing I want to address and I will talk more about is being able to name your feelings. So I'm going to talk about that in coping, but here I want to mention anxiety is one of the experiences. So naming your feelings with more clarity, uh, will help you to pull the feeling apart so that you can distinguish what there is to work on. So some Examples would be anxiety, anticipation, paranoia, eagerness, overwhelm, frustration, anger, sadness, loneliness, fear, depression. Those are all words that someone might just say, I'm feeling anxious or I have anxiety when really I'm, I'm lonely and I'm afraid of being alone forever. I'm afraid there's no one there for me. No one... I'm not important. No one's coming for me. No one's going to save me. No one's, no one sits with me in my sadness, right? Like there's so many layers of how you can more clearly communicate what you're anxious about and to be able to truly navigate it. And so I'm going to wrap this episode up here in a minute. 
that these are some very common causes of anxiety. And I really invite you to take a look and maybe listen a few times and let this information wash over you to, because I'm guessing that maybe in listening, I'm cracking open or like activating new neural pathways where you're having memories or you're having realizations of like, oh yeah, shit. Okay, that's where that comes from. Right. And so taking a look and sitting with this information and maybe journaling after and being able to practice communicating these things or reaching out. You guys, if you need need support in this area, reach out to me. Um, tell me you'd love to do a discovery call. Uh, email me, Abigail at heartsunleash.com. Reach out to me on social media, whatever it takes um, to move past this work and move through this work is what I really want to say. And so I love to encourage, I would love to acknowledge you if you're listening to this episode to get well or to help someone you love get well. Thank you. You guys, one of the most impactful things you can do is share these episodes, share this work. So thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning into the Hearts Unleashed podcast where we are turning dreamers into doers. I love you. Thanks for tuning in to the Hearts Unleashed podcast. We hope you found all the inspiration that you needed today and that you use it to take the next inspired action on your dreams. If you love the show, share it with a friend. We love spreading the love. For more information, to listen to more episodes, or to shop Hearts Unleashed, visit us at heartsunleashed.com. See you next time, hearts.